0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Keep listening to find out 50 ways for you to be creative. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. The book that we're talking about this week is The Creativity Formula by Dr. Amantha Imber. Yes, that's like Samantha, but without the S. Dr. Amantha Imber who's based here in Melbourne and I've been lucky enough to meet her a couple of times at a few events and she is pretty impressive so I'm excited to be sharing her book and her messages and her lessons and even more so because it's on a topic that I love which is creativity and a bit of productivity too. Now given this is going live in January 2020 I feel like this I feel like this month I should have renamed the month something like the the resolution month or something because all the episodes I've been doing in January have been quite aligned to things that people might want to be doing more of or set themselves some goals for in a new year this one being no exception so if you're looking to add a bit more creativity to your life to your work then this will be a great asset or this book will be a great asset to you and hopefully some of the ideas I share will help you along your way. Now, as usual, before we start a little bit about the author and the book, Dr. Amantha Imber, if you're not, don't know who she is. She's an innovation psychologist, founder of Australia's leading innovation consultancy Inventium and co-creator of the Australian Financial Review's Most Innovative Companies list. With a PhD in organizational psychology, Amantha has helped companies such as Google, Apple, Disney, Lego, Virgin Australia, the Commonwealth Bank, and many others innovate more successfully. What a client list! Very cool. Amantha's thoughts have appeared in the Harvard Business Review, the Huffington Post, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Fast Company, and she is the author of two best-selling books: The Creativity Formula, which we're talking about today, and The Innovation Formula, which I haven't read yet, but I'm looking forward to. In 2016, Amantha was inducted into the Australian Business Women's Hall of Fame. Now, Amantha also has a really cool podcast called How I Work, and her guest list is seriously impressive. Get this, she even got Cal Newport on there, who is notoriously hard to get hold of. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and I highly recommend giving that a listen. One of my favourite episodes is the episode with Dominic Price from Atlassian, which is where I found out a lot about the work he does as a work futurist for the company. I'll also put a direct link to that episode in the show notes for this episode. A little bit about the book. The Creativity Formula will take you through the latest scientific findings about how you can use your brain to think more creatively and come up with better ideas more easily and quickly. The book will explain how to instantly switch on your creativity, why traditional brainstorming is BS, how exposing yourself to certain types of images can significantly boost your creativity and why your physical environment may be killing your creativity and much, much more. That's taken from Amantha Imber's website and book section link in the show notes. And the bio about Amantha was taken from the Inventium websites. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you haven't heard of Inventium, they are an innovation hub, I suppose for want of a better word, in Melbourne. And they've got a really cool meeting space called The Odd One Out. And it's super cool. And I've run a couple of workshops there previously, and it's the perfect place. So if any fellow facilitators listening, particularly those obviously in Melbourne, recommend checking that out and having a look at that. Another little bit of context about the book is that the book is actually really small. So it's 50 top tips, but they are super punchy. And each one is only probably somewhere between two and four pages, which I really liked because it means you can just dip in and out. And as a facilitator, this is an awesome resource because you can stick it in your facilitator's toolkit or your bag and just have a quick look through before an activity or if you're finding that things are flagging a little bit in the room, you could have a look at that in a break, sneak off to the loo and have a look through the book and find a little activity or a little exercise that you could do with the group really quickly to spark some extra oomph into their creative thinking it's the sort of book that you could dip in and out of and another thing that's really cool about it is that at the end of each of the 50 tips it gives how you can apply it in an organization and for yourself as an individual which again really helpful if you are planning something running something doing something in your team or if you yourself want to be a bit more creative and approach things more creatively so thanks samantha that was very cool so with all that said hopefully i've got you a bit excited about the book Maybe you have already clicked the link in my show notes to my book depository site, a little affiliate site that I've got there on the book depository to buy the book. And if you've been inspired by any of the books that I cover in the podcast and you want to go and read them yourself, then there is always a link to the book depository and my affiliate site, the podcast affiliate site, in the show notes. So you can always click through there and buy those books. But without further ado, let's get into the three big ideas I took from the book, The Creativity Formula by Dr. Amantha Imber. Number one, identify. This is the need to identify yourself as creative and know that doesn't mean you have to be good at drawing. There was a couple of the studies that show that having a mindset and identity of creativity will really help you, you guessed it, be more creative. Now as a team leader or in an organization it's really important then not to refer to some teams as the creative teams because it makes it seem like this unattainable thing that is only available if you work in that kind of industry or that kind of team. Equally making sure that maybe within your team you don't identify some people as the creative ones and other people less so. Because again, it makes it seem like that those those creative people have this inbuilt thing which other people can't achieve. And it's just you know a, a talent that they're born with as opposed to something that has been fostered and nurtured and practiced over time. It's very much more a mindset more than a skill set and it can but the skill set element of it can be practiced and there's obviously lots of examples in the book of how you can practice that. Now it's funny I work with a lot of professional services folks, a lot of accountants, lawyers, IT people and a lot of those industries as I'm sure you're not surprised to hear do not consider themselves as creative you'll hear things like, oh, well I'm an accountant, obviously I'm not creative. And maybe because creative accounting is generally frowned upon. But what it does mean is that people are probably missing opportunities in those organizations or those industries or those teams to approach things in a more creative way, to approach problems in a more creative way because of those labels and those stereotypes that we have. And particularly as we continue to associate creativity with artiness, And obviously that is a part of creativity or one way of manifesting creativity, but it is not creativity. So there we go. Big idea number one is to identify. Identify yourself as creative and start to see if that changes your approach to things. Big idea number two is to go broad. This is about finding expansive ideas from multiple fields. Finding connections. This is where new applications for ideas, new connections will be found. For example, famously Steve Jobs, when he was auditing the calligraphy class, he had the idea for the beautiful typefaces and the user interface or the graphical user interface on Macs that they became famous for. That wouldn't have happened if he wasn't broadening his experience and getting out of the computer lab and getting into completely unrelated classes. There's also things around encouraging conversation around unrelated topics to broaden your thinking and having a conversation about something completely unrelated before solving a problem or tackling a challenge. And this is something that you can do with your teams. You can start a conversation around a completely unrelated topic, it could be fruit. And I just clearly was looking at my fruit bowl while I said that, but think about something completely unrelated and start to see where those connections are. Think about, to have a conversation about another industry that are seemingly unrelated to what you're doing before you could dive into a conversation about what's going on in your company. Other things you can do is go to a gallery, go to a place you wouldn't usually go to or work from somewhere new to go broad and invite different thinking into your mind before solving a problem in a more creative way. Another way you can go broad is obviously by thinking about what you're reading. What news alerts are you getting? What countries are they from? What authors are you reading? What topics are you reading about? Are you reading mainly from the same genre? getting your news source from one particular area, one particular place. It's those kind of everyday triggers for thinking that are going to stimulate your thinking in a different way and in a much broader way. So that's big idea number two, go broad. Look for expansive ideas from multiple fields. Big idea number three is to create stimulus and almost all of the tips involve manufacturing something to create creativity which goes to show that it's not always created internally. It doesn't always just happen. But you do need to think quite intentionally about switching on creativity or stimulating more creativity. And there's examples in the book around studies around having toys, using facilitation, having someone external facilitate your session. I'm obviously a big fan of that. Prompting, priming conversation, the design of your team. Have you got people who all just think alike or have you got some different perspectives represented? but it can't be by accident. It has to, a lot of it has to be by design. And therefore you need to think about what creativity you can create. And especially if you're unhappy about your own creativity or your team's creativity. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I wish my team were more creative. My team aren't creative enough. Well, what can you do? And how are you maybe hindering their creativity at the moment? Are you making them come to work to the same place every day, wearing the same clothes and always having your meetings in the same place? What can you do to mix things up which will stimulate a different environment, which will stimulate different conversation because something different might pop up? I find this myself, and particularly with environment. Environment is a huge one. Even working on my Mac, and it sounds really silly, but I find opening up my MacBook makes me think or makes me feel more creative because I'm like, cool, I'm a Mac user. Whereas when I had to use a more boring other laptop, name any names or brands but it just made me feel so boxed in there was just this black horrible box that I had to use to just do functional work whereas I find that the Mac itself obviously that's that's very much the essence of Mac is to think different but the effect of something like that is really quite interesting and sounds silly like I said but is very real this also includes your environment and in the about the book section I talked about how your physical environment may be killing your creativity and that was in the in the little book blurb there's evidence that shows that the items around you can spur or hinder your thinking. And I always think about this when I run workshops and if we're running a strategy workshop for the future of the company, and it's gonna be a really, or it should or needs to be a really creative session because the industry is changing and things are moving along. And we're having that meeting in a mahogany wood panelled boardroom with a big dark table that's very traditional and very old school. Does that spur the thinking that you need to take the company or take your ideas or take your products into new directions and into new markets and with new ideas and inspiration? So it really is over to you to create creativity with intents and align to what it is that you're looking to achieve. Is it a different approach to a problem? Is it a new idea for a product? Is it a new approach to how to do something or a process? Whatever it is, stimulating some kind of creativity through environment, through conversation, through an activity, through who's in the room, will move things forward and will move things forward in a different way. And maybe in a way that you're not expecting, or maybe in a way that you don't feel comfortable with initially, but that is part of the the beauty of creativity is that we don't always know what's gonna happen. Big idea number three, create stimulus. So a little refresher on the three big ideas. From the book, The Creativity Formula by Dr. Amantha Imber. Number one, identify, think about yourself as a creative person. Number two, go broad, go for expansive ideas from multiple fields. And finally, big idea number three, create stimulus. Where are you looking for and how are you going to create creativity intentionally? If you enjoyed the book and you want to get hold of this to add to your toolkit as a leader, as a facilitator, Then the link to the Book Depository site is in the show notes. You can click on there to buy the book or any of the books I've been talking about on Steph's Business Bookshelf. And if you're enjoying the podcast episodes on IGTV or on Instagram TV, I've recently started doing really short little reviews, so four or five minutes on what I liked about some of the books that I'm reading and particularly the ones I'm reading this year in 2020, which is maybe before they come onto the podcast. It's less about the three big ideas, more around what I liked, what I didn't like. So if you're looking for new reads and things to add to your reading pile for 2020, hop on over there. Link, as usual, is in the show notes. and I'd love to connect. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.